Before we get into it, and before Zane walks in front of the camera here, we're giving away free Selkirk paddles for life. So we'll have one winner of uh, free paddles for life. You'll never have to buy another paddle again, Selkirk paddles. And then five winners of a single Selkirk paddle. Uh, you can choose between two, but uh, we'll include the link down below, and you can enter to win uh, free paddles for life. Never, never buy another paddle again. Do it. Uh, all right. Well, okay. Welcome back. I started recording because we were having a good conversation. We should have it while we're recording. We've got uh, Brooks Wiley here, Major League Pickleball Commissioner, and is there another position title? Yeah. That's good. Um, we were going to have another one of the uh, MLP team members here to talk paddle tech, paddle testing, the new system. He said, listen, we've had enough of that conversation, so we'll talk about that a little bit. But let's get to the stuff that's really important. We want to know who is Odoth. I had somebody tell me that they think it is pro pickleball player Neil Metarata. Uh huh. You're gonna call Neil Metarata a pro pickleball player? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neil's one of my buddies from from, from back home. Um, I can I can attest to the fact that it is not Neil. Okay. Oh, although, I thought uh, you were about to say is. Uh, <laughs> although I. Don't think. See, see. Here's the thing. Neil doesn't hide his trolling. Neil will just straight up troll under yeah. the name Neil Matarata. Right. He is That's not afraid. True. He doesn't need a, a pseudonym or a, or some uh, somebody to hide behind. Odoth. I don't know what Odoth is hiding, but I have met Odoth before, and I got my Koopy Nation shirt from Odoth. You met wow. the real Odoth in person. Where I have intel. Where. Where? Here and there. <laughs> Here and there. How about, Brooks, on this podcast, how about you give us some good, real good dirt? You know, whatever gossip, whatever tea. We'll do a little quid pro quo here. I'll give you dirt, you give me dirt, you start. <laughs> I, I, I have no dirt. I have no dirt. Uh, All my dirt could get people in trouble. So I'm not that's the best type. <laughs> that's the best type. Oh, boy. So, anyway. Maurice the Grease lives in Austin. We know is that is that dirt. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, Maurice no, the we, Grease. We know that. We might we might have him on. We're still we're still vetting him out. So, <laughs> Maurice, we'll be in touch. I feel special that I got invited before me, Maurice the Grease. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Brooks, you're pretty generally in the know. I mean, you. Uh, I think you're you're in the discords. You're on Twitter. You listen to the podcast. You understand better than most. Sort of the 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 full comprehensive pickleball landscape and what's disappointing to me is the bigger <laughs> major league pickleball gets and the higher you elevate within that organization the less you can hang out with us degenerates down here on this level oh, where we talk about true. who's oda is neil Metarata, <laughs> the hiding behind is uh who's hey shay and all that good mm -hmm. stuff so um but he's here now so let's enjoy you invite me to play pickleball i'm there yeah that's true that's mm -hmm. true you are good about that um but okay what should we uh, What should we start with? I feel like well, we let's have a start on list, a serious but... note. Okay. What's your meme of the week, <laughs> Brooks? Um, hey Shay wants to be a pro. I saw that she just <laughs> tweeted that, or he yeah. just tweeted that. Is it he or a she? It's a I, she. I thought it was a she. Yeah. Yeah. But I everyone... thought she is a she. Okay. <laughs> I called Hey Shay he one time, and Hey Shay corrected me. Got it. But okay. we don't know Hey Shay's identity. So no, we don't. 
We do not. I just assumed that every internet troll is a male. Yeah, me, <laughs> me too. And she gets mad when I call her a troll. I'm just going to say uh, anonymous account with funny content, somewhat trolly. Somewhat. If you're anon in my mind, you're kind of a troll. Yeah, that's the only reason. That's the main reason. Right. But uh, Odoth had a uh, had a good had a good meme. Odoth's a very polarizing figure. I liked his uh, state of the art paddle testing from from APP, where there was a clip of of a referee <laughs> just banging on a paddle. I think it was uh, I think it was uh, yeah, shaking it, banging on it. You're good. <laughs> um, well, that replaces yeah. the old uh, the old uh, stickiness test. Oh boy, yeah. Well, my favorite was when they would ask me if my paddle is USA Pickleball approved, and I would always say yes, and it's been blessed by the Dalai Lama, <laughs> and they didn't like that. No, none of the referees <laughs> ever thought that that was funny. But uh, there was there was a period of time where USA Pickleball approved. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might as well just go on eBay and buy some stickers and yeah. slap it on the on the paddle. Um, so I was kind of making fun of that, but I don't think anybody got it or or appreciated it. <laughs> I think when I play, played in the pickleball slam with Cameron, uh, they asked, we were doing the whole ref thing at the beginning of the match, and then the ref said, is it confirmed? And I was like, had a dumb look on my face. I'm like, what are you talking about? Or like approved. Or She said, is it approved? It's the same thing. And I had no context of what, I had never had anybody ask that. So it was like, yeah. It was super awkward. They're like, is it USA Pickleball? I'm like, it says it right there. On the, yeah. <laughs> it's written. <laughs> it is written. Um, okay. My my favorite meme of the week is uh, one of our own. We brought it back. By the way, our new our old Instagram is back. So we're back um, to, to full strength. But now we have a, a great secondary account. Mm-hmm. But we were recycling a lot of content. And there's one where Stephen A. Smith with uh, sad music playing, finds out that we're going to be playing on temp nets today. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, but all right, now that we've covered uh, meme of the week. So before we get into kind of like our list of stuff, I just want to touch on kind of the paddle testing processes and maybe some of the recent developments on that front uh, before we move into the rest of it, because I think you know, you're kind of doing this podcast tour if you will (laughs) yeah so maybe i can just like turn it over to you and say what are kind of the the general updates that you've been offering Uh, a lot's been changing lately yeah i think the main thing was that we started hearing from players um you know really loudly in february and march like after mesa you know getting louder and louder some controversies coming up here and there and so we decided like I decided we have to do something before Daytona. Mm-hmm. Um, we discussed internally, got with uh, Pickle Pro Labs, our third-party partner that has experience in um, doing baseball testing for the last 20, 30 years, golf, uh, some other sports. So we got with them and came up with a process for Daytona, which was we're going to test every paddle. We want to start collecting data. That was the number one thing is like yeah. find out what the problem is. Like, right. is it? six paddles is it 20 paddles is it 100 paddles Mm -hmm. and we didn't know that information and so that was the number one thing was daytona set up set up the equipment do anonymous testing um to allow for plausible deniability for both players and manufacturers just that like let's just figure out what the problem is that was the number one thing for right and then begin (laughs) to like set what we think are the standards and guidelines and then also what are the process like what is the testing process going Mm -hmm. forward learn from what we did there and then 
um, continue to iterate from there. The next step, I think, is not I think, but the next step is dynamic testing. So um, these guys are working on a lab in uh, Chicago where they're you know literally going to fire a pickleball out of a cannon at pickleball paddles and start to really try and emulate like what the um, ball speed is essentially what you care about, right? Like what is the speed coming off the paddle? So yeah. that's the next step. <clears throat> Got it. And it was so when we submitted our paddles for testing in Daytona, it was the traditional method of testing for um, basically like deflection or whatever you mm. want to call it. It yeah. was where you it's a static the, test, yeah. yeah, where you push mm -hmm. into the face of the paddle right. and you're going to change it to the the ballistics. How is that going to work? Like, do you have any idea or any hypothesis on how that's going to work on site? Like right now, that's going to to Chicago. Yeah. Like, how do we how do we implement that yeah. at San Clemente? So the first thing was do the static test in um, Daytona. The engineers think that there's a really high. Uh, they're comfortable with the correlation between the static test that they did in Daytona and what the real world, real world you know ball speed will be. But the second part will be do the dynamic testing and then continue correlate that back to the standard testing. I mean, the static test. So obviously you can't take a cannon and the expense and all that stuff to, yeah. to an event. So it, we will leave it up to the engineers to be comfortable with through the scientific process to be like, based on this dynamic testing and what we learn in dynamic testing, set up the parameters of the static test. And that's like uh, how much load you put like, or like basically like what the depth of the load is. I think they like basically put it in a vice. Mm -hmm. You can decide, do we put it like uh, an eighth of an inch or five eighths of an inch or whatever, thousands of an inch. And then how much force does it require to like rebound? So we will leave it up to the engineers, the experts to figure out like what, based on the dynamic testing, what static test correlates well enough that you feel comfortable that like right. if a paddle fails, whatever standard we set, it should be taken out of play. That's it's a set, a set of characteristics that can actually be tested on site, but mm -hmm. can be then correlated back to a certain set of standards that were established by lab testing. Exactly. And right. like, which is, and the purpose of the lab testing is to simulate like a professional player or a player hitting the ball as yeah. opposed to just, you know, something being. So uh, I guess when I was, I assume when I, when I hear lab testing, all I think about is the big drill for like deflection. Right. But it sounds like there's a lot more that's going into it now. Yeah. Or you can fire balls at the um, paddle at different speeds and determine. <laughs> Side note, <laughs> we should get in this lab and just like see how fast our reflexes are and just keep amplifying the speed and like do like chicken or something. That sounds like, that. like a I think that would dude be perfect uh, video. Yeah, yeah. I just, thought your suggestion ah. was going to be we should just fire balls at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see what Thomas's deflection a, is. I'm, I'm up for that. The, my my juvenile brain is like envisioning this fantasy factory when you talk about the lab right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, um, but sorry. So you're, okay. you're just, you're developing your own set of standards and, and doing your own thing for the purposes of, of major league pickleball. Like, yes. is there, was there any thought of, you know, managing a relationship with USA pickleball as this has been their domain and PPA is still, somewhat relying on yeah. on the USA pickleball standards and whatnot. You're yeah. you're going off the way I understand it, 
you're setting your own course. Yeah, I mean, we the methods that we're coming up with, we feel like we're just trying to do the right thing. And we've got guys that have been doing this testing for a long time, and they feel like the standards or these test methods are the best. And this is a decision that USA or Major League Pickleball has made. Um, but we still like I have a meeting. I'm um, supposed to be setting a meeting with Carl uh, today or tomorrow. And we're still working with USA pickleball and PPA. And like, we ultimately, all of us want to do the right thing. And I think, uh, a uniform set of standards by far for the, for the sport of pickleball and for the professional players is ultimately the goal. And like, that's the best thing for the sport. And yeah. that's what we own. It, is there ever going to be a point where you just go, you know what, like <laughs> this is on the, this is on the paddle manufacturers. Or is there going to be a point, let's just take the example of, you know, Ansbury's uh, paddle uh, in a single day going from illegal to legal. That to me seems like a paddle manufacturing issue, right? It's an equipment issue. Is there a world where we can actually get to a point where there's accurate enough testing to fix for something like that? Or eventually, is there going to be at least one point where you say to a degree, hey, paddle manufacturers, you got to you got to fix your shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> this yeah. is all over the place. It's inconsistent. Like yeah. we can't have this. We'd... Yeah. I think um, baseball and softball, the way that they do the, the manufacturing standards is if it starts to go past the standard, there's visible cracking or um, peeling or whatever, something like that. I think that would be the ultimate goal is to get the standards such that a paddle has to be made to where the the problem is not happening underneath that you can't see it right um and i had a conversation with our engineer this morning talking about like i think possibly even paddles without cores might be a thing in the future right to where then again like you can see if it starts to degrade to a point at which it's increasing performance past whatever the guideline is you can see it visibly i think that would be the ultimate goal in the future huh. but also, like we have, you know, Pickle Pro Labs, they did this testing anonymously. Like, I don't know the results of whose paddle failed, what manufacturer when we did it at Daytona. But Pickle Pro Labs contacted all, I think, five or six of the players that whose paddles fell outside of what we think will be our guidelines and also the manufacturers directly. And they've said that, like, by all, all of them across the board, like they want to do the right thing. They want to learn about this. Like, I don't think anybody's trying to like manufacture a paddle nefariously such sure. like it's just like i think it's an accidental <laughs> byproduct of like what people saw as a um an advantage like the thermoforming you know which is a like a foam exterior around the inside of the base of the paddle which um makes it more stable and so people thought well this is an advantage and then something accidentally happened where like the second or third or consequence of this was Oh, this trampoline effect or the delamination is happening. Right. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, I think there might be some changes in manufacturing guidelines down the line. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a ways down the line. But right. I think everybody wants to do the right thing. But you're, you you still generally work off of that, you know, USAP approved little stamp, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. sort of the that's the initial threshold. Yeah. But you know, if you guys get to a point down the road where you've established a certain set of standards and expectations you might go to a mlp approved type of of system or are you going to say hey usap we've got the best system here you need to adopt this yeah i mean we want to work with everybody to to do the right thing yeah 
Good. That's good. <laughs> good, concise political answer there. I like that one. That was good. So what needs to happen for us to finally move past paddles in our podcast? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one of the owner, one of the owners, uh, our friend Tim Parks, texted me this morning, and uh, he said hopefully in a couple months. I, I think that might be uh, sort of reasonable. Yeah. I think we can get to a point at which, again, there's like a clear, transparent guideline and the players sort of know, like, this is it. And, you know, you take the paddles out of play if they fail that before the before the match. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I think by the end of this year, I think was realistic. Okay. Right. Solid. But, you know, all we can do is, like, improve for the next event and improve for the next one and the next one. And, yeah, yeah as, as we learn more, like, just get better. Mm-hmm. You guys could, you know, try my idea. <laughs> Just let us do whatever the hell we want I mean, and then make an MLP ball. Yeah. We are working on an MLP ball. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. What's that going to be like? Doing the dynamic testing to figure Doing it out. Doing the dynamic yeah. testing. Ah, oh, you won't get I think it. we ordered, <laughs> uh, you know, there's uh, the hardness measurement. And I think the USA Pickleball measurement is uh, 50 on a durometer, which is like this basically just push this machine into the ball. And then again, like how much pressure it takes to rebound it or push it back to a certain degree uh, i think 50 on the durometer is the measurement and i think we ordered balls that are like we ordered balls in different colors so like green and yellow and like 52 50 or 42 44 46 48 50 all of, in in both colors because color affects the dye affects you know the um the performance of the ball and then we're going to do testing um get player feedback and to determine what we think is the sweet spot for, mm. for a ball but. Do you think I personally think that the ball technology is holding back professional play somewhat considerably mm-hmm. because when you hit a different p- part of the ball, the ball reacts differently yeah. off of your paddle, depending on how close you hit it to a hole. Right. So you could, you, yeah. you could or or what part or of the marking on the ball. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. what what type what part of the ball mm-hmm. you hit depend changes mm-hmm. how the ball comes off of your your paddle. And I don't th- I, I think that'll be an upper barrier on right now you hit the ball the same exact way twice and you'll have two different outcomes yeah. right that doesn't happen yeah. in in tennis it doesn't happen in basketball it doesn't happen in in any of these other sports to mm-hmm. my to my knowledge right the variability of the ball i think makes it tough to be really really precise with with your shots is there anything that like any theories or any anything out there that you think could make this ball more consistent i mean one thing that i thought about is just like having different size holes i think made some sense at one point but like i don't know i I, different size holes from ball to ball well from on the same ball there's also on the same ball they're spaced out differently like could you make a wiffle ball slow enough that doesn't have a hole Mm. like yeah i think we're going to do testing and I think we'll learn a lot from that testing and we are working on some things to develop stuff that I can't talk about that uh, <laughs> we think like will improve it. Well, I think we see a path to getting away from the paddle conversation and blame it on the balls. <laughs> it, it is the common denominator and it is something that you can not manipulate, but, um, you know, make the standards of the ball such that maybe the paddles, maybe you allow for a higher paddle because the yeah. ball is softer. Right. Like, um, it is, and it is the common denominator. So it's something hmm. to look at for sure. Yeah, the ball is in the control of the referee and MLP. Yeah, 
the paddles. Who knows? The paddles, yeah. Them. The chain of custody of, <laughs> of the ball is very different than the paddle. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay. What other was... what other exciting fun <laughs> stuff do we have coming from from MLP outside of outside of the riveting topic of paddles? Oh, paddle testing. Yeah, just like getting ready for San Clemente, um, testing out some different um, VAR systems that I think we're going to test at minor league pickleball in uh, Salt Lake City in late May, like around the 25th of May. So, yeah, just trying to every time trying to increase the production value on the court, you know, uh, as you've been aware, like trying to make sure that courts, if you happen to play on court three and four, as opposed to the grandstand of the championship court, that there's replays there and they're accurate enough and um, to just continue to increase the broadcast quality and the competition quality on all of those courts because we're playing more and more on you know outer courts as opposed to um uh as opposed to just grandstand and championship court gotcha. with 24 teams in, in san clemente are you going to use uh you know how there's there's like the the natural stadium like mm -hmm. the, the tennis stadium are you going to build like how, how's the championship court going to be situated is there just going to be one with inside that stadium or are you going to do the one and then the two on the other end like the ppa has done in the past and then are you going to build up stands around kind of the whichever the championship court yeah. is i think we're still working on that but i think the current setup and we we are working closely with the ppa on this because they're they're yeah like thursday friday saturday sunday and then we load in monday and then our event starts, you know, three days later. So we're working closely with them to coordinate what that championship court looks like. And it's probably it will be one championship court on that in yeah. that tennis stadium. Oh, and okay, probably yeah. like some VIP stands on the ends um, and then just the, the natural seating in the middle. Yeah. Um, and then our grandstand courts will be on that next pod. Um, uh, the next pod down that just on the other side of the hill. Right. Um I've actually never been to this venue. It's one yeah, of the really, really it's good one of the Red coolest. Beautiful, yeah. yeah. There's like uh, I was there for a site visit like a month ago, and there's I don't know what kind of flowers, but there's like mustard colored flowers blooming on the hills, and gotta love a good know, the mustard mound, flower. The, it's just incredibly beautiful. There's like these little hills that are yeah. right there, and then you, the oceans in the background is you know when the marine layer blo um, uh, burns off in the in the late morning and you can see the ocean like you can see downtown San Clemente a little bit I think it's just, mm -hmm. yeah yeah one of the things I read is that that lifetime specifically is actually so that they have that tennis stadium they're converting that full time to pickleball to so the like see you later tennis word I heard that I heard somebody discussing now. that they were uh, yeah that yeah that they were thinking about that I read the email the the like lifetime sent out a, oh, really? like a thoughtful letter okay. to its members because they knew there was going to be an uproar and there yeah. already was backlash from tennis players that they were like nope we're uh, we're a pickleball club now but that That's, is um it's kind of what's happening everywhere how many courts Deal are they putting it. on that on that championship i would assume like, three three or four maybe yeah. yeah i would assume three probably yeah like similar to the ppa when they yeah. do the one two three like one on one side and then two and yeah, yeah. um Interesting. Yeah. When we did the site visit, we were walking around the stadium and I was on the phone um, with one of my colleagues and they were having a women's league match. And this is like Tuesday morning at 930 or something like that. And I was getting shushed like I was on the phone at the top, you know, on the top level right. of the stadium on the phone, like not yelling, not just having a cut like we're talking here. And the women on the stadium court like shished me, so I walked. Were they tennis or pickleball tennis, players? Tennis. Oh, okay. It was a right, tennis. That makes a little it, more it sense. It was a yeah. tennis match, and then so I walked 
away from the stadium towards that other with the other pod down behind the pool mm-hmm. and was like standing up there and a woman probably 50 yards away was like like <laughs> yeah go away yeah so yeah interesting <laughs> yikes um were they uh were they in all whites that's a real question they were not yeah but they were also like what are you guys doing here they're like are these other the other women that were sitting there watching the match they're like what are you doing and we're like we're we have a pickleball event coming yeah and they're like oh you're that that with that one company and we're like no they're they're here and then we're coming they're yeah. like so they're like we're losing our yeah. Uh, solely for two weeks and i said i guess yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> yikes we'll get them on the podcast next <laughs> week tell their side um all right so let's talk about in daytona we had our first was it, it was the orange card we had our first orange card right blue card it was a blue card and that's the technical warning brooks what the hell are the orange cards and blue cards <laughs> i cannot keep orange and blue straight blue? Just, blue. just red card or somebody i mean we wanted to do yellow card i mean it's yellow card red card right it's right. everybody knows that or most people know that from soccer we wanted to use the mlp branded colors so we went blue orange yeah so orange okay. is worse orange is worse yeah. okay yeah orange is the the point deduction essentially yes, exactly. if you if you have a, a point to yeah so pablo deducted. was the we had um a couple of people trying to get blue cards who were unsuccessful <laughs> pa- pablo uh, was yeah Right. And one of the funny things about that is like everyone was like, he would be the last person I would expect to be the the first, you know, person to be carded. Now, fast forward. Right. And he's flipping off a fan (laughs) and, uh, you know, he gets he gets fined and he's got to, you know, apologize or whatever. Did he apologize? Did he? I haven't seen it. Well, actually, I, I, he might uh, have. I don't know. I no, don't know. I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say he did. I, I guess I assumed he did, but uh-huh. more information has come to light where you know people who people were there saying bad things. Maybe said, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that it was like yeah. pretty uh, offensive. Yeah, offensive stuff. Um, Do you think but, anybody uh, who? What percentage of people watching pickleball give a shit that Pablo flips somebody off? Like who that, that who who yeah. cares? I mean, like negatively. Like yeah. who? Uh, what, what percentage of people are like, "Wow, I'm never watching pickleball again because of that young man's actions." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I just wonder. Like, is it you're pissing off ten percent of people? Or like, yeah. that's unacceptable. Yeah. The rest of us are like, who cares? Yeah. Um, you never flip somebody off. <laughs> not mid, I flipped not off mid, three not. people on my five minute walk over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, um, but yes, all right. So I, I guess um, I'm we had trying. a fan get kicked out too. I think. Yeah, the, had, we had a fan was, get kicked out in Daytona. He was sure. the guy who was yeah. jawing at yeah, Pablo. I think so. Yeah, he was like, hey, I, I said, we have a video of it. He's he looks pretty hammered. We picked we kicked out a guy in in Mesa for sure. The guy wearing the clown uh, get up, and then <laughs> I don't know if it was the same guy or not. What was he doing? Just, I think, drunk and saying clown suit. suit. Yeah. <laughs> he was wearing like a rainbow colored. Uh, he was like a fives and, fan. M- maybe. I don't know. The clowns. <laughs> yeah. The fives, the clowns. But he was yeah. drunk. And so he got escorted out. And then, yeah, the, the guy in Daytona got escorted out too. So he yeah. got an orange card. Got it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nice. 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 Orange carded some fans. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. that's progress. That's sh- the referee should just go up and like, you know, summon them like, yeah. like they do in soccer. Boom, orange <laughs> card. I think I think that should be implemented. Like you gotta you gotta tell Cor- Pablo Courtney to Johnson to come yeah <laughs> come up to to Courtney and she presents him with the with the card. That come was on, the part, I mean the referee did present Pablo with the the, the mm-hmm. card. Yeah, you gotta you gotta it, tell him to come here. Like yeah. get over here. <laughs> yeah. 
Who's in charge? Yeah. So who gets the first Kenneth orange guy? The boss. No, I, I guess um, this was – it's the least smooth segue of, of all time, I think. But um, recently on, on Tyson's podcast, this caused a lot of conversation, Tyson McGuffin. Um, but he was talking about how, you know, he was playing uh, a doubles match uh, in Newport and he took – serious offense to a player on the other end i believe you were involved in this match zane uh, countering one of his speed ups and in that counter saying never (laughs) and apparently Uh, that was crossing the line mm -hmm. right zane can we get like your uh your story your experience and do you have some some additional information (laughs) on on what happened there so so yeah yeah i was i was present in that i more or less sort of pretended like i didn't hear dj yell at the top of his lungs (laughs) never i was like oh he did really (laughs) 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 it was a point you know just I think I think boys will be boys. And and here's the thing, like I generally think that the rowdiness and and loudness should be encouraged. Like, yes, it's pickleball. And Tyson has a point because it's not something that is like generally accepted right yeah, now. Yeah. It's something that is different right now. I would vote for we should change this to be more like basketball, baseball, soccer any other sport basically other than tennis where people are chatting people are mm. are talking the crowd is is yelling in the middle of of games you even have the announcer like saying defense and, and stuff like that mm. right like i think that this should be more like other u.s sports where the fans and whatnot are going nuts the whole time and the only reason that something like that is distracting at all is when it comes infrequently Right. You have people shooting free throws in college basketball games and there's people the, back the there waving like balloons and- waving <laughs> balloons, milking cows at Badger <laughs> games, like that type of stuff. Like that's the, the people deal with it. Yeah. Right. But when it's if it was completely silent, like everybody needs to be quiet and one person yells out like, I don't know, then that's more distracting. So I think talk should be uh-huh. should we create allowed. like a phoenix open of pickleball 100 percent. oh yeah absolutely that's, that's what mlp should be mm-hmm. why not yeah. yeah how do you how do you create how do you how do you create phoenix open and and does mlp want to be the phoenix open of of pickleball and who is going to be the the streaker <laughs> that's funny um i mean i think you know we had in daytona there were the the fives and hustlers match was just craziness mayhem and um you know we had some complaints from players and other people that we needed to tone it down um you know so we created the blue card and orange card rules but we also at the same time literally in the email that i sent out to the both the the players and the um refs is i want the finger wagging i want annalee bumping her chest i want you know i want hayden doing this like i want you know stare downs like we want that and i we encourage that. So I hope that the rules that we made in Mesa or in uh, Daytona didn't discourage players from acting, you know, um, just from that from that energy and that excitement. Um, we want that. Do we want at this point to go straight to Phoenix Open craziness? I don't I don't know. I think it probably needs to be a, a transition. Yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested to see like across the board surveying the players what what they think. 
it's tough when you survey the, the players because we don't like change for the most part. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. Right? Like we're change averse yeah, yeah. for the most part, but we also have never competed in the contrary, right? right. We've never competed in yeah. a Phoenix Open yeah. style of, of DLR. Yeah. We've been in tennis and pickleball for right. our whole careers. This would be different. Yeah. I think having one tournament where you just like say this is going to be it like <laughs> yeah. get ready like i mean you, you know that when you get to that when you get to the phoenix open and it's probably i've never been there but i'm sure it's probably on more other holes as as opposed to just 16 but mm -hmm. you know 16 is a whole other level mm -hmm. yeah i mean you've got you've even got an opportunity to be like the vince mcmahon of pickleball <laughs> you go get in the storylines and steve, recap it i think steve wants <laughs> relishes that role. no steve's too steve's too uh he's too nice i think you got the you got the beard going yeah. you got the long hair <laughs> you know you got an opportunity here i think you could uh you could really Stir elevate some stuff the, up. Yeah. yeah um but i think no i think pickleball generally would do well to embrace that i mean we've said it a million times i think back to um i think it was either mesa or daytona it's like this it's this cut. I don't know who made it, but it was on social of Hayden being like, here's the thing. I don't lose to old, old, old guys. I just <laughs> yeah. don't. Right. And it's like that Metro boom in music. And yeah. like, that was honestly the first, I guess, um, I don't know what you call that, but like, uh, like hot, like edit, right. The, the first edit where I was like, Oh, pickleball looks badass. Right. <laughs> and it's pretty difficult. You know, I, I don't think anybody's going to argue this, especially to outsiders. It's pretty difficult right now to make pickleball look not goofy in many ways, right? But this is one of those ways you can sort of shed that reputation and emerge as something different, something unique, something that is cool mm -hmm. and something that people want to watch. Right. So to curtail all that, the, the antics, the chirpiness, I think it's to the detriment of what you guys are trying to build right now. I, I'm sure you guys are having I don't those disagree conversations. With I don't internally. disagree with anything you just said. Yeah. yeah. And I think also the closeness of the, you know, the fact that you're only 14 feet away, like adds to that. Um, yeah. I, I, I would love for it to continue to progress. Yeah. To that level, I, personally, like yeah. even just another example uh, recently was this Dylan Brooks thing, right? Mm -hmm. This NBA player yeah. who's kind of like this, no name guy on the Grizzlies chirping at LeBron hmm. and it dominated the headlines. It got me. I, I used to be a big basketball fan. I'm not as much anymore, but it got me to tune back in for those games. I was like, oh, I got to see this. I got to see this guy go head to head with mm -hmm. with LeBron now. And now they're John before the game. And it just creates this compelling storyline and it brings people from outside in. Right. And we just I think we just need more of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that this relates back to something we talked about earlier, like the trying to up the broadcast and production. And that's something that I spend a lot of time thinking about. And we want to begin to experiment with, like whether it's, you know, we we mic the players in season the very first MLP and like trying to do that more and also just experiment with different cam camera angles to make it not tennis. Right now, the standard is you show the baseline. And then maybe switches to the kitchen, like get away from like I would I would love it if we got away from that baseline shot. If we just remove that from pickleball, right? Ever figured out the technology to get it more intimate and show the speed and the right. the dynamic, um, you know. Also, like even adding stuff like AI on top, of like to show spin and speed and things like that. Like that's the the tough part is like you just you do not judge how fast the ball is coming from that 
above the court yeah. angle. And yeah. that's what makes people watch in person. Like, wow, this is sick. Yeah. People watch on TV and this is slow. It's the same issue yeah. to a certain extent with tennis. I always loved watching the floor uh, camera from tennis at Grand Slams. They would yeah. show that maybe one or two points per set. And like, that's what I want to see. Yeah. That's how you're showing this ball coming at me this fast. Yeah. And that's what this guy on the court is out there dealing with. Yeah. It's just a lot tougher where in pickleball, right? Where you have two people covering this court. And if you're on a low angle behind them, maybe you can see the ball coming really quick, but the, the bodies yeah. obstruct yeah. the, the ball a and little bit too much. 40 feet away or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pretty yeah. far or behind. Whatever. Yeah. Cause it's gotta be 10, 10 feet behind the court and you've got whatever 20 22 feet to get there so it's yeah what i would like to see is somebody put this into terms of baseball right like when you are 14 feet away from somebody and they hit an overhead at you how does that compare to hitting a fastball yeah that's interesting. right and i think that we have the data to figure that mm -hmm. that out like how fast is this ball leaving the paddle mm -hmm. Like we talk about, you know, badminton is something crazy. Like it's leaving your racket the highest smashes at 200 plus miles per hour. Mm -hmm. Obviously slowing down Slows very, down very, very, quickly, very, very, very yeah. quickly. But what is the reaction time of a pickleball player? And how does that compare to the decision making process of hitting a hitting a fastball? Yeah, I, like I would that. think That's there's cool. certain times where this is coming at you faster than a major league fastball, especially within a 14 foot range. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Never. <laughs> never, never. You got to hit it faster than that. <laughs> if somebody has time to say never. <laughs> I, I guess my, my, the reason I bring it up is because to me, it just was surprising that of, of all things, that was the one event that he isolated. Something about that really frustrated him to the point where he was going to actually take a moment to, uh, to talk about it. And then even on his most recent episode, he went as far as to then go take hit that clip of him talking about it and put it back in again. Right. So he's not like, stepping away from his opinion on yeah. that uh it's interesting because he's not like the the traditional yeah, pickleball yeah, guy yeah, either yeah. like normally he's the guy that's kind of out there and and pushing the 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 limits with stuff whether you know with with his his look his deal is on court stuff like normally he's all for all for that type of type of stuff but not now right it, it, something it is about interesting. That, something about that did upset him yeah i mean yeah. i can see the point of like not doing it in the middle of the point like like, yeah, I don't think he's wrong in that, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, because like, what happens if you say never, and then he counters and like hits you back in the chest with the ball? <laughs> well, then <laughs> you run says, that risk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You look, you look like you a look real really idiot. If you look real dumb, if if somebody gets you after that, yeah. yeah. Yikes. Um, that was uh, <laughs> me and me and James were just kind of hanging out while that happened. You were just sitting courtside watching. No, we were just oh, hanging out oh, on the court oh, okay. while, while oh, that yeah. whole deal oh, yeah. went yeah. down. Uh -huh. it, was, it was entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but so after that happened, oh, yeah, did, did, was there a conversation after that moment? Or was it like sort of this thing that you, you, you guys didn't even think twice about and then later it came up on a podcast? Or in that moment, was there then like further conversation and interactions between DJ and Tyson? Or was there a larger conversation around how that was like inappropriate in that moment? I think Tyson said something to DJ. Um, I don't think DJ said anything back mm -hmm. after that. And then Tyson said one or two things <laughs> to me afterwards. Not like, not pissed at me or anything. Um, but uh, I didn't. I didn't think it was going to get to social media. Mm. Right. Right. Yeah. Did the referee say anything? 
I, I don't I don't know. I mean, not, not should the referee that, no. say anything in that moment? I mean, again, if it were like, per the rules, you could law? say like that's a you could could conceivably say it was a distraction because it was in the middle of the point, especially like something fast like that. Yeah. So if a referee doesn't see something, mm-hmm. they go like this, right? They, that's you bring this up every episode. I've seen them do this. I've seen. I mean, them do I know this. that when they do the like line, if there's like the referee over there, and you're like, "Did you see the line call?" Right? And yeah, yeah they the, go like okay, this. Okay. So if they didn't hear anything, they go. Do they, do they go like this? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I just I get a kick out of that. <laughs> um. All right. Let's. Um. And I don't know if this is going to be a thing or not. Um. But, I mean, so you said you, there were a number of players whose paddles came back illegal. You kept it. Technically, it wasn't illegal at that point because we hadn't determined, like, what that guideline was, right? We were just collecting data. Then what we did was gathered all the data, put it on, a like, a bell curve, determined what the average deflection force was, and then said retroactively or post that, we looked at the bell curve, saw what you know how things were distributed, and said, going forward, the likely guideline that we're going to do is we're going to six paddles would likely fail in the future, and we may adjust those guidelines after we do more dynamic testing. Also, hmm. and to be clear, so I think the average deflection force was sixty nine on the, um, and again that's like. Was that on purpose? It was not. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come. <laughs> um, you know, Zane was like, Hold on. <laughs> I think I saw that from James's tweet, and I was like, man, we are on the same, oh, yeah, yeah. same level. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, looked at the bell curve and then saw, like, you know, I think it was like, what do we think is a reasonable um, distance from that average that we think will be what would fail in the future. And again, we may go back to dynamic testing and start to realize, okay, at the ball speed correlated to that average deflection force might be like a 55 might fail or a 60 or something. We don't know, but, and then that could be, you know, 10 paddles or 12 or 15. Again, you can, as you see the bell curve, you know, there's like a couple of them down here and the, the big distribution is in the, the, the bell. Um, so, yeah, like we didn't say like beforehand, this is illegal compared to the, you know, based on the testing that we did. Got it. OK. Man. Information gathering. Yeah. I appreciated right. that. Like it was all laid out there. <clears throat> Are you like so there's probably plenty of people commenting on on social media and whatnot, like giving ideas, mm-hmm. feedback, whatever. And I think that's probably a, a good thing, right? To, to sort of crowdsource some stuff. There's going to be a, a ton of crap that you throw out, maybe yeah. 95%. But like when you have more eyes on on this stuff and on this process, like there's probably some diamonds in the rough of good commentary with this data out there available. Have you yeah. have you gotten anything from from outside sources saying like hey like all this was was great, we love it. Have you thought about this or I don't think so. Not nothing that I can think of off the top of my head besides right now. Besides yeah. that you all sit in a room and watch this podcast <laughs> as a team and dissect everything that's yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> Agents of change as we know Zane. <laughs> Are there any people out there like on Twitter, right? And Honestly, right now, there's only a handful of voices that I think are are consistent and and worth 
paying attention to. I think it's slowly growing. Not as much as I... I think it's growing quickly in a very short period of time. It was like dead for the majority of time. And I think like in the last, I would say even three to six months, it seems like exponentially increasing. And you've got more people, more pros like James and Anna and Mm -hmm. Zane. Um the, the, tro- the trolls, uh, Heisei and Odoth, and like p- more people are using that as a yeah. as an out, and I, I like that. Yeah, yeah no, I, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of pros yeah. making twitters. I'll get like a fo- like I got yeah. a follow from yeah. Leia, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, they weren't on Twitter before. Clearly, yeah. they're seeing enough happening here that yeah. people are going to Twitter to get in on the conversation. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at most other sports. The conversation does happen on Twitter. Right. I mean, that's the primary medium. Yeah. In pickleball, it's it's been lacking. Facebook. The Facebook. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. It's Facebook. And then eventually, like when I always say this, like when I first started writing the Dink newsletter, literally the only place to go get commentary or information was Pickleball Forum. Yeah. Right. There were no other Instagram accounts. I don't think there was an Instagram account with over like even like the tours. I mean, they weren't over like. 1500 right. followers right now there's a bunch that are over 10,000 followers so we, we sort of like mm-hmm. we moved over to instagram yeah and it seemed like that was sort of the the primary place for a while and now it seems like most of the conversation and where i'm paying most attention to sort of mm-hmm. understand the narratives and the commentary and the themes is 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 twitter yeah well i mean that's just the nature of the platform right like instagram is obviously image and video heavy so it's content and telling stories that way but like the conversation and the dialogue is like is is twitter that's right. like what it was made for and right yeah it's interesting to see now the debates and dialogue and back and forth now as opposed to just somebody making a post and it just sits there and nobody talks about it there's right uh, one, one one thing i thought was interesting about the nba is it's in their contracts that they have to spend a certain amount of hours with the media they have to spend time with the media after practices, after games. Yeah. They get fined yeah. if they don't. It's difficult in pickleball because there aren't many like media outlets, right? So it's like, are you going to really force Leia to come and like hang out with us, for example? <laughs> like, yeah. no, and and then and then what are you going to do with the rest of the players? Yeah. So like, wh- are, is there any sort of approach you could take that might create the same result? Like maybe they have to publish, a, like it's in their contract, they have to publish or put out a certain amount of social media or commentary mm-hmm. or, you know, you got to go on a podcast, you know, once every three months or something like that. I mean, I don't know what the yeah. answer is, but. It'd be interesting yeah. to do like some MLP pressers, uh-huh. like actually talking about the match. Like come off, come off the court and just go to the, go to the desk and ask, answer questions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh and and have a bunch of, and have Odoth and Heishay and, <laughs> yeah, and me are just writing in there and Maurice questions. the Grease. And we're like, just like asking them questions and they got to answer. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's all getting filmed. to the point where it's no longer like you're just going to get asked the softball questions from your buddies. Yeah. Like you need somebody there that just does not give a shit. Well, yeah. I mean, and like, that's going to, that's uh-huh. going to just, just they're there to try and get an interesting story they yeah. don't care about you as much as that sucks for somebody like me who's playing i want somebody on the other side who's gonna be an asshole and ask <laughs> me like hard questions that mm-hmm. i don't want to answer yeah and you guys want that too right. <laughs> but yeah. the players don't but also like we kind of need to understand that you know the the rising tide brings up all ships right yeah. right so that's eventually the media and everything is where the reason why pro athletes get their 
get their money. Yeah. So right. it's part of the job. Yeah. And we, ours tend to be <clears throat> event focused at this point. You know, like we ask them to do a media day. Like we have the Joe and his team go on another court and we have them shoot videos and sort of make that a requirement, but we don't tend to do a whole bunch other, you know, they're not of other requirements like doing a press conference or other posts or things like that right now, but everything yeah. is around the event. Right. I wonder if you could have one of those guys like there, there's a couple. I mean, Twitter there you're finding or at least I'm finding a bunch of these people who are very interested in and in putting out interesting commentary like yeah. the pickle fanatics yeah. and uh, Josh, Josh Gartman, Josh Gartman, yeah. like yeah. get him a, a courtside media mm. access or something so he can hear what's being said mm. on the court. Like, can you imagine if that Josh guy was at let's say the the Sarah Ansbury versus mm-hmm. Lacey and uh, Lina match. Mm-hmm. And he could ask hard questions about the whole situation. Right. And right? you get like, them in the moment, right? You get them in the moment. Like you get Pablo coming off the court right after he flips off the crowd. <laughs> now, is it good to have them all emotional and in that moment? Yeah. Probably in some ways, probably yes. in other for, ways, no. Not for Pablo. Not for Pablo, <laughs> but it's good content, yeah. Yeah. And eventually, you know, people get media trained and they'll understand. But even in that environment, they'll say, you know what? Every once in a while, there'll be a moment where they say, I don't care. I do want to vocalize this right now because mm-hmm. this needs to be addressed. My opinion needs to be heard, right? I don't know how to facilitate yeah, yeah. that, but gives Get us your, more stuff to talk about. You have about. a bunch of nameless employees that I don't know. You can just send them all. <laughs> He's got a whole squad. He has <laughs> He's more got employees a whole than squad. I do. I yeah, no, I mean, they, we had four people at um, Major League Pickleball, uh, Daytona, Daytona. Mm-hmm. and they were they could have you know they could have participated in a media day they could have gone up there and, and asked questions if there were players on the mic or mm-hmm. you know if that opportunity were available I think we could have made it happen it, it's hard right now in the event because you're just like recycling match after match after match like but I guess I mean you could after you walk off we could probably make something like that work but you know if we eventually go to like a home and away type thing where you're just have like one match a week or whatever and, yeah yeah that would that could definitely be a thing or probably will be a thing assuming that's the ultimate vision for mlp yeah and the reason why we have why we're the frisco exactly yeah cause getting the for now tribal aspect i guess if you say of having geographic ties and um you know something about just people identifying with a team especially somewhere they're from like i'm from here identify you know texas longhorn is like I don't watch NFL, but I will watch every single Texas Longhorn game, basketball, football. Um, we'll follow Scheffler playing golf uh, like I am a Longhorn. And so we wanted to tie into that geographic um, affiliation. And that's why, yeah, that's why it's uh, Frisco Clean Cause or, you know, New York Hustlers, Brooklyn Aces, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I really look forward to that, to that part of things when you mm-hmm. can have regular season matches yeah. going on in New York and California at the at the same time, like. I think that's that's a it obviously makes it a lot more difficult to bring the entire major league pickleball team to mm-hmm. each of these. It would be basically impossible. Yeah. But like maybe incentivizing these teams to run their own deal. Yeah. For the most it, part. It's something that we're discussing regularly and trying to figure out how to make it happen as soon as possible. Yeah. Love it. Hmm. Um, so heading back to Tyson, did Tyson uh did Tyson address his his paddle failing in his in his podcast at all? Or that's I didn't like, listen to that part. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if he's he's talked about it. It's, it's interesting because I haven't seen the uh, anything from 
PPA about the um, about the Red Rock situation, where we know that two paddles were were tested or sent off for for testing, but we do already have um, information on on the uh, the Newport one. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm curious mm-hmm. whether Tyson has has addressed it, but I guess I would guess that he hasn't, because otherwise we would have maybe seen something about it. I haven't seen any comments. Was it who? I haven't seen anything like whether it was confirmed one way or the other. Yeah. So we know that mm. Salome made a statement that hers okay. was so had had passed mm-hmm. and um, Tyson hasn't said anything, but somehow or another it's gotten out there that has failed or not gotten out there. That's the that's the speculation, maybe or or whatever. But uh, just yeah. it's we don't know. That's there's only room for for speculation at this point. Maybe I want to say he did address it. I don't know if he did, but I think the root of the speculation was it came from uh, Anna Bright and Dylan. They sort of like offhand mentioned that they knew that it had failed or something. But prior to that, was there speculation that he was playing with an illegal? Like, why? Why is this even a conversation? Like, why was this even? Travis made a social media post. That's what it was. Yeah. Right. Right. That he, cha- tra- that he challenged the paddle and thought it was delaminated at that. At right. That, uh, right. Yeah. Shit. I just realized we can't help ourselves but talk about paddles at this point. <laughs> no, no. Maybe no. it's just me. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's that's going back to what we were saying. It's the the problem is like the lack of things to talk about because of the lack of media, because of the lack of the way the sport is broadcasted. I like. We need to create these narratives because now we have a bunch of great podcasts that are getting thousands of views and they all bring attention to this sport, right? They get people involved. I'm ready for some good pickleball conspiracy theories. <laughs> you, you got any? Any good pickleball conspiracy uh, theories? I think the, big, the, the best conspiracy theory was that, you know, certain batches were made differently and the paddle manufacturers knew it, right? The new one is mm-hmm. the paddle juicer, but apparently oh, that's, it's that's, not yeah. as... Uh, it's not as unknown as as I thought it was, or it's it's sort of like an understanding that there are certain people you can send your paddle to, and they'll uh, they'll soup it up, they'll put on some aftermarket parts, <laughs> <laughs> make it spicy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. spicy paddles. Yeah, I mean, so when you once you go and you establish these baselines for how paddles need to be, and now and the the guidelines that manufacturers need to abide by, and then you're able to create individual profiles or or let's say footprints for. Uh, these different manufacturers and what their paddles normally mm-hmm. uh, come out to be. And then a player playing with one of those paddles is always or consistently sort of outside of those those norms. Mm-hmm. Then you can start to say, hey, look, what are you doing to your paddle to make it so different? And then the onus is off the manufacturer mm-hmm. to a degree and more on the, the individual player. Some of that, though, is like it is normal wear and tear. Like that's just yeah, it just happens. Like right. I, I had it happen to my paddle. I had a paddle for six weeks and I play two times a week, maybe three times a week. And Tuesday night it was okay. Wednesday morning it was not okay. And I just started noticing like I hit a reset and it was like, it just went flying. And I'm like, 
Presence this has happened to everyone yeah. but yeah. me. I, my my paddles mm. just, they go the opposite way. It's like they're just dead and I can't even hit a ball. Mm. All right, Brooks, I'm going to, I'm going to turn on post notifications for you and I am going to await your apology video for playing with a delaminated paddle <laughs> on whatever Wednesday yeah. that was. Yeah, Vinny Brasha was the, uh, the recipient of my overhead. Oh, boy. We're, Benny Brasha? Vinny. Vinny, Vinny. Mary Vinny. and Maggie's dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're sorry, Vinny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I am not good enough to control it, so, like, I immediately said, I'm, like, I'm done with send me thing. another paddle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think we got ripped in the uh, YouTube comments because when we were talking about the paddle juicer on the last episode, <laughs> my response was, like, get me this guy. Like, I want <laughs> like I want one of these delaminated paddles or one of these. Uh -huh. And they were, like, oh, my God, like, if, if I were playing with you, you know, every game you ever play would have an asterisk. <laughs> I'm, like, I don't care. It's, like, <laughs> it's rec play. Give me the juiced paddle. Like, I'm just I'm, I'm trying. I can take it. I'll take any advantage I can get. Well, I have a, I'm going to turn the tables a little bit and ask a question to both of you. Okay, we know that we can set up testing for professionals, right? We have the money and the resources to set up a vice and, you know, a lab on site. Like, how do you police this at the amateur level? It, it really just becomes like an integrity thing. It's like mm -hmm. you hold each other accountable and everyone's it, – it, it, it's going to be obvious. I mean, any pro player who's played against a delaminated paddle says they can identify it pretty much immediately. I think mm -hmm. it'll become the case. I mean, that's just bad podcasting. My phone going <laughs> off. Right now. Um, it'll it'll become the case. Make sure to where, like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, for phones. Where even amateurs can can um, recognize that. But if you think about golf, I mean, you know, yeah, there's all sorts of up spicy. Yeah, golf clubs, there's, there's all sorts of stuff you can buy where you know it's like frowned upon, and uh, mm -hmm. but people do it anyway. It's like cheating is cheating at the amateur level, regardless of the way that it's that you're cheating yeah. right regardless of whether it's bad line calls whether it's right. fudging your your scorecard in in golf whether mm -hmm. it's using illegal clubs paddles whatever cheating is just cheating mm -hmm. you're just a bad person if you cheat in the <laughs> especially you thomas <laughs> if you just if you cheat at the at the end but also there's a difference between like cheating in an actual tournament where you're being competitive as an amateur player and playing with your friends in in rec play like, it's probably a good training tool for me if the people that I practice against use a delaminated paddle. Mm -hmm. I don't care in practice, yeah. right? It's going to be good for me because everything else is going to look slow in yeah. comparison. So how, how do you police it? Like, You can't is the answer. You, you don't. I mm -hmm. think that people will sort of self-police. If you're mm -hmm. sick of playing against somebody that just goes for, let's say, bag, like mm -hmm. hit, yeah. hitting yeah. people all the time, like you probably just like remove yourself from that deal somebody's stop inviting him he stops yeah. being the fourth right. yeah exactly find a different yeah. fourth like, if you play with somebody that's cheating all the time in rec play like or like you somebody you play stop golf inviting somebody you play them. golf with who's like kicking the ball yeah, out of the yeah. rough like you, yeah 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 you stop inviting them back, yeah yeah right? absolutely yeah. but mm -hmm. in golf that's way more rampant yeah like oh, the, you know, just shifting the ball I had a bogey. right 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 you had two balls out of the woods yeah <laughs> even um well like even you and i were talking uh right before zane got here about when tyson apostle and i played in oh, yeah. in vegas and uh you know oh, Oh, okay. Well, this this happened okay. in in Vegas, I think. Okay. 
I think it was Vegas where Tice and I were playing in this match and this kid was just hitting these like wicked chainsaw serves. At the time, it wasn't illegal. R.I.P. But I looked across the net and I was like, dude, you're ruining this experience. Like this is just, I know what you're doing is illegal, but like, I know I, I always was like, dude, this, this sucks. Like, you know, it's because some of the, if you're not ready for it. Yeah. Some of these chain, some of those chainsaw serves. I mean, literally, you would make a move one way, thinking it yeah, has a ton yeah. of spin. It does have a ton of spin, but in the opposite direction. So it passes you in a way that is like uh, you're just bad. <laughs> you, you're just. I've never seen it. I, I still have heated. I've never seen a chainsaw that you can't read. Yeah, no, never uh, once. I played in a rally scoring match against somebody that had that, and I we lost twenty one to four. Yeah. And I think like You're 17 of, yeah, definitely <laughs> 17 of, the, of those were like, I just didn't, and it was me and my partner both like just didn't ever hit a return back, like whiffed them. Yeah. Yeah. And I get at like the highest level using everything at your disposal because you have to compete against the best in the world. But at the amateur level, it's like, dude, come on. Like, <laughs> but I, I would also, fun. yeah, I would also argue, argue that if you can do that skill, alone it doesn't matter how bad you are at the rest of the game if that is your only skill that immediately probably makes you like a five five or a six six oh level player mm-hmm. like it makes doesn't matter how right. bad you are like if you're the only if you're the level of player that's the only person that can return that or read it or whatever like that alone makes you uh it's like um you know a tennis player that has a big serve like that's all you need. Not not all you need. Obviously, they have to have you know some level of skill. But at certain skill like, levels, it can be all you need, yeah. more or less. Yeah. yeah. Like at four or five, if that's if you have a six zero level serve, like you're just gonna you're gonna kill everybody. It doesn't matter how bad you are at the rest of the game or how good you are. Yeah. So is the chainsaw coming back at MLP? No. <laughs> it is at what the do, waste management, at Major League Pickleball Waste Management. At our Wild <laughs> Man, West, yeah. or at the, the Dinks Wild West tournament oh, yeah, that I absolutely. continue to talk about, and we've made zero plans. Well, for I'm it. doing a little work on the end, some conversations, but you know, we've okay. had a lot of conversations that graduate to nothing, so we'll see what happens. It's going to happen. Yeah. No planning whatsoever so far, <laughs> but it will happened there was dinks wild west zane I, I, rules pickleball at dreamland, tournament. At dreamland? yeah at dreamland let's do it <laughs> i was watching uh we got it we just secured a venue guys we <laughs> yeah. just secured a venue well, we are making progress <laughs> this is progress right here <laughs> i was watching one of our podcasts back and we were talking about the wild west tournament and you were throwing out a bunch of rules you know you were like chainsaw it's legal you said a couple of other things and then like you stopped and i was like yeah and two points for body bag and you just go it's too hard to define a body bag anything that hits you yeah what do you mean but uh, getting grazed in the foot is not the same as getting murdered by brandon french it's gotta be like like, yeah like knee knee up or something you have a panel of judges on the side and they each hold up their score for how good the body (laughs) bag is um two points for a lob okay one one serious question (laughs) rules question okay the saslo super dream breaker my buddy Joe Saslow from ProXR, they also Chicago work Slice, with Chicago, Chicago Slice. Slice. Center, yeah. You stagger the players in the Dream Breaker. So if I'm the, uh, whatever it is, the oh, the home team, right? I'm putting out my first person, they play two, two points, points. Mm-hmm. and then for the rest of the match, everybody plays four. Just like a tennis tiebreaker, mm-hmm. the first serve, you serve once, and then it's two, 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 two. Yeah. What this does is it guarantees that each player will have two different matchups, and it also guarantees that there will be at least one male-female matchup. I like that. I like that idea. 
Somebody was it you that told was it you that texted me this idea? My, I think it was Joe. I mean, I, I think I ta- might have talked to you about it, but yeah, somebody brought it up to me like in the last month or so. I like it. I, w- I would consider doing something like that. Where's the so is where's the experimentation? Where's the R and D for MLP? Is it the it's the, me. the, the mind? <laughs> you're the, you're the, I mean, Steve, you get Steve myself. Yeah, you can implement some of this in the minor league pickleball and see how it plays yeah. out. We could definitely. I mean, that's what we're yeah we're testing the VAR stuff at minor league pickleball. Um, I think we could. It's fun to do different events where you know you could say like maybe there is the. Again, I know a lot of people hate like the shot clock or two points for lob winner or whatever. Like, there's lots of fun things that we can do. But I think for major league pickleball specifically, I would be open to um, that that type of dream breaker. I think it'd be sick. I think we're also considering uh, the coin flip that you can choose uh, men's or women's doubles first. I like that. Adding in another another mm-hmm. element. If you have a yeah. good, a very good men's team, not as good women's team, or, or vice versa, mm-hmm. can you can you could you potentially pick mixed first? No, no, mm-hmm. because that, well, because it would go. I guess mixed, mixed. Uh, Men's, women's, women's, men's. Because I think that removes one element of it. it. That removes another element of. Well, I guess you could say like the second team, you still get to choose or be the, you know, reacting, reacting team. I don't know. I had to think about that one a little more, but. It just slightly changes yeah. dynamics going into the second match. I would assume you would want to put your, what you perceive to be your best matchup out first, first. Mm-hmm. to have some momentum put a little pressure on the on the other team yeah, yeah. I, I think any any mm-hmm. area there is for for strategy yeah you might as well use it as you know steve likes to steve loves to optimize for chaos and <laughs> and uh extra decisions and strategy yeah we like chaos yeah, yeah. um also one other one other question something we've talked about on the on the pod as well is the side switching any any thoughts on switching sides every X amount of points as opposed to only at a switch um, or only thought, at a halfway? Yeah, we've debated that a little bit, or I think we're we've also debated um, instead of so like in game one, I think you would switch at the end of game one when you so you switch ends at eleven, right? At the end of game one, you start game two in the same place as opposed to going back, starting every match. Okay. I think that's something that we're more likely um, in debating, considering, or debating, implementing. Yeah, I think it's a big, for all four matches to end on one side, like exactly. hasn't happened yet where there's been such a considerable wind that makes right. it impossible to, to win from one side, mm-hmm. but it will. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, this one, I think if you do it that way, you don't always end up on the, yeah, you don't always end up on the same side or you, it's like, Steve can do the math in his head and we did this in a competition committee meeting, but yeah, like, I think that's something that we're considering. Gotcha. Cool. Tommy, what else you got? What do you got? I think that's all we got. Brooks, anything else that you wanted to bring up, mention? discuss i mean you're, you're doing the pod tour so <laughs> this uh, is my last one scheduled so <laughs> um just yeah tune into minor league i'm mean, sorry major league pickleball uh minor league pickleball they're beginning to have events like if if nobody has ever played in a minor league pickleball event 
I obviously I'm biased, but to me, it's the most fun thing ever. And essentially what that is, is, you know, playing major league pickleball style with your friends. So you have two men and two women on a team and you play tournaments and, you know, you get to play, I think in the format that they're going with, you get to play five team matches in one day. So, um, you know, in, instead of going, uh, Owen, a lot Owen, of Owen barbecue, um, uh, yeah, you get to play, but it's, you know, it's five team matches. So you're there cheering on your friends for half of those games, but you as a, whether it's me playing, I get to play five men's games to 15 or 21 and five mixed games to 15 or 21. And then whatever dream breakers, if you do that, that's just incredibly fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm looking at the the schedule. It looks like you have one in SoCal on 13th of May. You have one at another one in Orange County the 20th yeah. of May. Some one at the Pickler. Yeah, I'll be at the There's, one at the Pickler. That's where we're going to test out the the VAR system, the video replay system with higher speed cameras. Um, and then yeah, June 15th through the 18th is the third event of this first season. Um, in San Clemente. And then that Monday is what's the what we're calling the super finals. So the top two teams based on points in uh, Challenger and the top two teams in points based premier on Premier are going to play a match on that Monday in San Clemente um, for the super finals. And then that will be the the champion of season season one. Um, and what else? What do we have to do to get team clean in there? (laughs) (laughs) I think you might be mathematically (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Yikes. Yikes. Um, Well, I'm looking forward to our, the MLP team owners tournament. Oh yeah. On Monday. Are you going to be a a team owners? Yeah. I've named my team the grifters. (laughs) (laughs) I figure how can I, how can I take a shot at these billionaires and wealthy people? Yes. I'm going to be drafting a team. I think, are you, I, are I, you I draft eligible? Plan, I think so. I'm not sure. Oh, man. Are you ready That's to be the Sam Query of, <laughs> of this event? You're going first overall, Brooksy. Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, yeah. I, I, on that note, mm-hmm. any more big uh, ownership announcements we should be waiting for? I mean, Dude Perfect was the last one. Yeah, I think... Obviously, I'm not going to spoil the surprise, but I think one of the teams uh, is going to announce some people added here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't want to say anymore because I don't want to spoil it. But because if okay. I say something, it'll immediately let you know who it is. So I, mm. I can't think of a clever way to disguise that at this right, point. Right, right. Um, and then our so the season two draft is going to be um, likely going to be in New York City in July. Um, working out the final dates of that, but probably around July 11th or 12th, um, we'll be sending out details about that soon. So just so everybody knows, again, we had two seasons, three events in each season. So we're about to do the third event, San Clemente. We'll have a mid season draft where all of the teams in, uh, challenger switched to premier for the second part of the year in season two, vice versa, all the teams in premier switched, you know, they, they flip flop. So, um, team clean will go from premier to challenger and you know all of those teams switch so um that will be fun content and i think people hopefully get get twitter riled up about you know who gets drafted where obviously there's already discussion happening like who should be the you know what players in challenger are the most likely to get to premiere who's who's in who in premiere is likely to to not get picked up again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got it and then oh shuffle draft yeah last thing the 
the challenger shuffle draft for San Clemente is this Thursday. Um, so the teams will be yeah making those picks on Thursday and we'll, I think we'll try and live tweet those out and then, uh, and then do the, the whole list published on Friday. Cool. Nice. Okay. Sweet. Um, humans who watch this podcast, <laughs> put the notifications on that way you can get notified when we're premiering an episode. Cause <laughs> During the premiere, we go in there and we chat with you. Zane doesn't. I um, don't. I won't. And he, <laughs> won't. And he probably never I, will. No, uh, I, I pop on there to, to to leave some comments sometimes. Not yeah. during the not during the live stuff usually, but every um, now and then. But the the live one. I mean, we had one episode where there was over seven hundred people watching live and all chatting and stuff, and that was really cool. So, if you like this pod and you want to get in on the action, get notified for the the premieres and we're all chatting. Uh, I think you got to hit like the little bell or something like that, but subscribe if you haven't leave a comment, let Brooks know how awesome his beard is <laughs> and to never shave it. And, uh, I think that's all we got. That's, that's pickle pod. Thanks for coming on, Brooks. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's good. Always good to see you guys. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Dollar has fun. I